This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. The Large Nerdron Collider podcast is a production of iHeartRadio. Hey everybody, welcome to the Large Nerdron Collider podcast, the podcast that's all about the geeky things happening in the world around us and how very excited we are about them. I'm Ariel Kasten, and with me as always is Xtree Xtree Jonathan Strickland. I am Vengeance. Yeah, that's that's one of the extra extras we're going to talk about. <laughs> I, I'm super extra when it comes down to it. And uh, I got some I got some extra extra spin to put on the beginning of this episode because I got a question. OK, Ariel, your question for this week is who is your favorite sidekick? You see, Jonathan, I'm on to you. I know you were trying to. um to guide me to a Batman sidekick, uh, <laughs> because because of your yeah, which Robin comment, is your favorite but, Robin? <laughs> which which Robin? Well, surprisingly, my favorite sidekicks are Fowl Bird, not Fowl Bird. There's a difference, right? Yes, are birds. One of them's a fowl. Okay. Uh, so. Right now, my favorite sidekick is Eagly from the Peacemaker show because he's just so. Adorable. He's just so flippin' adorable and deadly, and I love it. Um, he's the best character of the show. Uh, and then uh, my other favorite sidekick, if if Eagly doesn't count because he might just be considered a pet by some people, um, would be uh, Launchpad McQuack 
Okay. Yeah, I, I think both of those are valid. <clears throat> My yeah. favorite sidekick, uh, in case you're curious, is not a bird, but a moth. Arthur from the tick. That's a that's a really good yeah. one, Jonathan. Arthur, they're throwing dogs at us. <laughs> the tick in all of its manifestations is fantastic. Whether you're talking it about is. the animated series, the both of the live action series, because there's two mm -hmm. of them uh, and the original comic book, they're all different. <laughs> they're, each they one takes a slightly different take, but they're all great. I, uh, I love that in the most recent Tick, the one where Peter Serafinowicz plays the Tick, the Amazon Prime one, which I wish we'd get more of, but it, we aren't, um, that um, Griffin Newman, who plays Arthur in that, looks an awful lot like Griffin from My Brother, My Brother and Me. And this year on the Joko Cruise that's happening the weekend after we record this, uh, Griffin Newman will be on the Joko Cruise, but Griffin from Mabim Bam will not be. Uh, so in my yeah. mind, they are completely interchangeable. They've even joked about it on their show. But um, yeah, that's pretty funny. Well, <laughs> let us get to some news because we have a buttload of it. I just looked to see exactly what the metric term is, and it is, in fact, buttload. buttload so we are going to have two segments classy. of news. Yes, yes. Uh, and the first thing that we're going to talk about is the Adam Project trailer. We've talked about this a couple of times. It's that family sci-fi that's coming out um, by the creators of Free Guy, uh, which we're we're going to talk about real soon in a, a future episode. But um, yeah, it's Ryan Reynolds. Uh, he goes back in time and meets himself and takes himself as a child on an adventure. Uh, and it looks cute. It's got... Um, Zoe Saladana in it, and it's got Jennifer Garner, and then it's got Mark Ruffalo in it. Um, so a good cast, but this new trailer, which shows us a bit more of the story, claims that it's going to be a next family classic like E.T. or Back to the Future. And that's, that's a really big claim. Yeah, them's big shoes to fill. Yeah. Yeah, and I like Ryan Reynolds, but... I do, too. I do, too. I, before we started recording, I told Ariel that, you know, I like Ryan Reynolds. I find him very entertaining. I like his movies. But uh, he also tends to come across, to me at, at least, as smarmy and snarky and pretty much everything. Um, Free Guy is kind of an exception, but mostly he comes across as smarmy and snarky and stuff. And that ends up to me being almost like an obstacle toward becoming like a classic beloved family adventure film type thing. I get that. I so I, I do get that, but I feel like he seems less smarmy in this trailer than he does in most other things. Like he seems adult caring, which again is an odd hat to watch Ryan Reynolds t to put on, even though, you know, I, th I think he's a dad in real life. Right. And so, uh, uh probably, I, I mean, he definitely treats his, his alcohol, like his children. Now well, and now his, up. his cell phone company. And now I'm looking it up, everybody. Yes. He's got children. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. So he's a dad in real life. And so I could, I could see him, you know, just putting his dad hat on, uh, into in a movie as well. Playing dad to his 12 year old self. Creepy. You know, I am my own grandpa. Uh, <laughs> but it's a song for anybody who doesn't know. There's there's actually a song. 
That is that. Classic but, novelty song. Listen to your Dr. Demento. But Home Alone is a is a family classic, and that's awful snarky. So yeah, it's also one that I've never watched all the way through. So that's maybe touché. it's just that I have trouble connecting to it. Maybe, maybe. Uh, the the other thing mm-hmm. about this, because Jennifer Garner and Mark Ruffalo are both who I think they play Ryan Reynolds' parents, who are both in this time travel sort of sci-fi. Um, in my brain, I'm telling myself it's the sequel to 13 Going on 30, where Jennifer Garner is a 13-year-old who, who gets turned into a 30-year-old overnight and uh, falls in love with her childhood best friend, Mark Ruffalo. So apparently uh, they eventually got married and had a kid, and that kid is Ryan Reynolds. In my head, Not canon. creepy at all. Okay. Not well, creepy at all. Um, I will give this a chance. Like, I'm probably, I would say I'm a little skeptical, but... Uh, I watched Free Guy and thought it wasn't terrible. I'm not going to go into that because we are going to yeah. talk about that at, more yeah. at length in the in the near future. So here's hoping that uh, my doubts are completely unjustified. And when I watch it, I say, oh, I get it now. And because I, I mean, I would love there to be more really fun adventure films like I loved those as a kid. And um, yeah, I get the feeling Uncharted doesn't quite I haven't seen it. I get the feeling Uncharted doesn't quite nail it. Yeah, no, I, I think that's definitely a, a bit more um, older child, young teenager, at least. Um, something that I'm hoping that my fears are unfounded on is the Batman movie. You all know that if you've been listening to the show at all. It's a three hour laugh a minute riot from what I is understand. It? Oh, man. Just three. It is three hours, but it's a detective story. Three hours. Like, okay, I get it. Detective story, noir, noirs move slow. Okay, but I just... Well, and you got to have enough space for, like, the story to play out, right? Because if you have a really short detective story, like a really short one, then everything everything feels so manufactured. Like, it just, it feels like it's a story. And you Mm -hmm. want it to play out where it's, like, more of an actual solving of mysteries type thing. Yeah. Um, I've heard a lot of conflicting things about the Batman, but the thing we wanted to talk about is even before the Batman came out, we knew there was talk of a spinoff series centered around one of the villains featured in the Batman. Danny DeVito. No. Uh, well, kind of. It's the Penguin. Uh, and, and unlike God. Goth- not played by Danny DeVito. <laughs> yeah, no, no. It's being played by uh, Colin Farrell. Uh, mm-hmm. But... It is, it's going to be a story of how Oswald Cobblepot turns into the Penguin, which we've had that before. I mean, Gotham even kind of covered it a little bit, right? God, um, yeah. Okay, sure. Yeah, but Gotham <laughs> Gotham had all the subtlety of a train wreck. It was... That is in true. In fact, I would describe that series as a train wreck. I had to give up on it. Because I host the cringiest segment in all of podcasting, and even I couldn't handle the cringe that was Gotham. Yeah, the Gotham TV show was very unbalanced. The characters were unbalanced for me, and it's not that I disliked any of them particularly, but I didn't feel they fit well into a singular story together, um, the way they were each being portrayed. Um, Whether that's on the fault of the actor or the director or whatnot. Um, that being said, like watching Mr. Chips turn into Scarface, we watched that with Breaking Bad too. So this is just yeah. another, yeah, one of those. I mean, like if if they if they create a really 
interesting take on this where you do get more insight into the character. I'm all for it, mainly because traditionally in Batman stories, until you get into some of the the stuff that started to come out like in the late 80s, early 90s, you didn't really get that much insight into a lot of the villains. Like they Mm -hmm. were just these wacky bad guys, especially in the 60s and 70s. They were these wacky bad guys who had particular fetishes uh, uh, around something. So like that was the era where the penguin was always doing crimes that had some sort of bird related piece of artwork (laughs) uh, (laughs) as the, the key or Joker was always doing some sort of prankish crime. See that it's just good classic wholesome crime fun. (laughs) But, but, but so, so cartoony that it would be very hard to pull off in a way that didn't come across as a spoof, right? Like, yeah. And so, so this is, I, I don't object to learning more about a villain so that you kind of get the, the idea of how they turned into what they are and what their motivations are. I think that could be really interesting. Uh, there's some cases where I don't think it's necessary at all. Like you'll hear me complain about that with Disney all the time because Disney villains are not meant to be multi-dimensional. They are meant to be fairy tale villains, which are, you know, fairy tales are all supposed to be about sending specific messages like, Hey, don't go out in the woods at night. You will die. Mm. And you don't yeah. need to have nuance with your villains in that case. <laughs> don't talk back to your parents. You will die. Um, <laughs> old, yeah. old fairy tales. Not, I'm not saying that's actually going to happen. Um, no, Batman has always had some more, you know, they've, they've played with the Joker's backstory. How many times? Oh, sure. And there's yeah. several with the Joker where, like, I mean, of course, there's the film Joker, but there are other like comic books and stuff where we get sort of a sympathetic portrayal of how the Joker became the Joker. Yeah. Although they also always play with the idea that the Joker himself is an unreliable narrator. So you can never be sure if that's the actual true story. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as long I hear Colin Farrell does a good job with this. Um, even though they they put him into a suit to make him look heavier than he is, which I think is, is an, an unnecessary practice in Hollywood. Um, and not just yeah. because I'm plus sized. Uh, but, you know, I hear he does a good job as the Penguin. Um, so I'm sure he'll do a good job on the show, whether it's necessary or not. I don't know. Like, I I Penguin is not one of those characters that I've ever really felt the need to super sympathize with. Personally, I I think it is one of the characters that I I feel is probably the easiest to do a series about if you're going to go the crime series way. I think the penguin is probably like you can take a a take on the penguin that isn't outlandish and over the top. It doesn't have to be the penguin from the classic 1960s TV series or anything, although that would be fun. But that would um, be I (laughs) I would watch that. But I, I, I feel like that. it would be easier, easier to have a sustainable series based around the penguins than, a, say, the Riddler. While the Riddler or, is really fascinating, I don't know if you could do Mooney. a series face. <laughs> yeah, or Clayface. <laughs> yeah. I, you but, know, uh, I watched some... the Harley Quinn cartoon. I would watch an entire Clayface series. <laughs> okay, okay, but we we have other stories we got to cover, and and if uh. we keep up this pace, this show's going to be two hours long. So. Just like the Batman. Okay, but <laughs> our next story <laughs> is about is about how you know we we mentioned in a previous episode how there was this surprise announcement that there was going to be another 
Star Trek film with the J.J. Abrams cast, like the Chris Pine cast. And uh, Mm -hmm. it would be the fourth in the series. And uh, how we were surprised to hear about that. Turns out we were not the only ones surprised to hear about that. Apparently, the cast, who were, you know, at least implied to all be returning, had not been approached about another Star Trek film before that announcement went out. Yeah, I, I think Chris Pine might have been, but I'm not certain. Yeah. But at first I was like, well, maybe someone leaked it. But according to the Mary Sue, it was J.J. Abrams himself, who is moving to the role of producer for this movie, who said it. And so now I'm wondering if it was a sly move to put more um, negotiation power into the hands of the actors. Yeah, because if the actors are all saying, oh, it says here that I'm returning, well, that's going to cost you, you know, and that. I think that that's a valid thing for the actors to have. Like we've already seen several stories in the past about uh, actors who really had to fight tooth and nail to get uh, compensation that they felt was fair. And most of the time we're talking about compensation that's well beyond anything most of us will ever see in our lives. But then you also have to take into consideration, well, what is, what are the other people involved in the project getting? Like what are, what's their compensation? So comparatively speaking, what is fair? How much of the lifting are you doing as an actor? Uh, And this gets into much more complicated territory. In fact, I start going into circles when I start thinking about it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, interesting that apparently even the cast didn't know about it until that announcement went out. And finally, we have one last story for this segment that I want to just mention quickly because we're running out of time on it. And that is... The Beetlejuice sequel might be coming out at some point again. Again, again, yeah. So there was talk of a sequel by Tim Burton, and then he went on to do something else. I think it was uh, Batman. Um, And then there was talk about a sequel coming like a couple years ago, and then pandemic. Well, now Brad Pitt's production company, Plan B, is supposedly in like pre-pre-production for it. And there are rumors, unsubstantiated rumors, but rumors that Michael Keaton would be back to play Beetlejuice and that Winona Ryder would be back to play Lydia. Uh, But again, unsubstantiated rumors, so we don't know that for sure. There have been, as Ariel said, multiple attempts to bring a sequel to Beetlejuice, something that I would love to see. I really enjoy the original movie. Mm -hmm. Um, It has some of the same classic Tim Burton problems that all Tim Burton movies have, like issues with pacing and stuff, but it's still really entertaining. And I I would love to see what those characters are up to, you know, a couple of decades later. I I agree. I would. Well, I'm sure Beetlejuice is just being himself, but uh, everybody else it would be. but, But is Lydia still strange and unusual? I mean, my brain thinks that she's going to be like some sort of soccer mom, like Stranger Things soccer mm. mom, who's really strange and unusual underneath, but has had to like hold it down for so long to acclimate into regular society that she has to rediscover it. Kind of like a, uh, a Beetlejuice version of Hook. She could be like, on the outside, she's Gina Davis, and on the inside, she's still Winona Ryder. Yes. Yes. They could do that with CGI, too. I, th- I think we accidentally just did a mashup there, but that's not our real one for this this uh, episode. No. When we come back, we've got uh, some news related to games that we're going to be talking about. But first, let's take a quick break. 
Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Yeah, we're not gaming with you. We really are talking about video games. I know we don't do it uh, super often, but there's a lot of video game news. Yeah, uh, first up is that the the spinoff to Borderlands 3, the, the tiny Tina's Wonderlands game, uh, some folks got a chance to get some early time with it. It won't be coming out till later this month. But uh, some reviewers got a chance to play like four hours worth of content. And so we've had a chance to see some of this because a lot of folks, you know, shot video of it or streamed it. And um, what do you think, Ariel? Uh, I I think I wish I could play first person shooters because unlike Borderlands, which has an interesting art style and some good humor, this like the the tongue in cheek fantasy game uh is is 
super up my alley. Um, I do like the art style. I like the comedy. Uh, one of the previews that I watched, it was actually a couple of weeks ago, the guy playing it uh, was playing a character who walked up to a drawbridge and the character said, I'm going to seduce the drawbridge. And it was a hilarious bit. And it reminds me of the way my friends and I play D&D sometimes. Um, and so this game yeah, looks... Yeah, like if, you, if, you're, if you're playing a bard, that's your go-to move. Yeah, yeah. And this game, you know, looks like it's it's everything that I would like in a video game if I were good at this kind of video game. Yeah, I, I played the borderlands expansion years ago that was a smaller version of this idea and um it was fun uh tiny tina is a character that can really get on my nerves uh so but uh, the voice acting doesn't sound quite as obnoxious as it usually does so maybe that's a good thing um i i might pick this up i i also am someone who i picked up borderlands 3 and uh I thought I had played through most of the game and just put it down and never picked it back up again. And so when I finally decided, oh, you know what? I'm going to finish Borderlands 3. I picked it back up, realized I was maybe two hours into that game at most when I put it down. And I still couldn't get much further than that because it just didn't click with me. Borderlands and Borderlands 2 and Borderlands the pre-sequel, all of those I liked. But Borderlands 3, for whatever reason... I did not like, and um, this looks like it's way more my speed than Borderlands three. Yeah, I I like it because you have the option. I mean, there was only always melee options in Borderlands, but um, you have, I think, a few more melee and spell options, and it's a little bit easier to play than in traditional Borderlands in this game. Um, and also, mm. it is brighter. Uh, I like the fantasy skin on the bad guys and good guys, as opposed to the kind of Mad Max skin, um, just a little yeah. bit more just aesthetically. Um, so maybe, maybe I'll even actually try it instead of just watching it. Ooh. It's uh, yeah, I, I might give it a shot too. It's, I don't have that much time to game anymore. So it's rare when I ever pick something up, like I haven't played a recent game in ages, but this might be one I actually give it a try. Something I don't think I will try because I have never tried it and I don't think it's going to change now is pick up the next uh, Pokemans. But um, but that hasn't stopped the Internet from going gaga over a new Pokemon starter cat thing called Sprigatito. Yeah, it's a weed. It's a weed version Pokemon, which means or grass version. They're calling it a weed cat. All kinds of uh, jokes there. Um, it is really cute. Yeah. It has it has it has a little like markings on its face that kind of look like it might be <laughs> similar I mean, to like a marijuana leaf. Not not enough leaves, but yes, uh, there are a yeah. few. There are a few. I will say a lot of starting monsters for Pokemon tend to be really cute um, in general, and I usually never like the way they they uh, evolve ever. Um, yeah, like ever ever. Because they get less cute. In fact, uh, the article on Polygon talks about the Sun and Moon version starter, which was a cat called Litten. Um, I think it was a fire fire Pokemon that turned into like a mm -hmm. giant like person cat, and they call it a bipedal luchador because um, <laughs> it does kind of look like that. So you go from this cute little animal to like this big person-y thing. Um, right. 
And there's this like campaign, although it's, you can't really call it a campaign. There's this overwhelming sentiment among at least some parts of the Pokemon fandom that are just begging for this Pokemon to remain a four legged cat creature throughout all its evolutions. I mean, I would back that. I would back that. Um, now the, the trainer look for uh, Scarlet and Violet Pokemon is not as getting as good a review. Some people don't like it. It's less um, colorful. It looks more like uh, Studio Ghibli, like school kid look as opposed to like cool, hip trainer kids. Um, mm. And some people don't like it. I don't know if I'll play this. I'm still through playing through original uh, Pokemon on my Game Boy and Pokemon Unite and that augmented reality Pokemon game, Pokemon Go as well. Like, I have a lot of Pokemon games. I rarely find time to play them. I, I played Pokemon Go for about a month and a half and then never picked it up again. So that's the that's the only experience I've had actually playing it. And of course, it's it was the least Pokemon of all of them, because it, but when I was playing, they still had not incorporated any kind of battle system or anything. You, you had the gems, uh, G.Y.M.s. Mm-hmm. But that was it. Uh, but, you know, who knows? Hey, uh, Ariel, uh, why don't you start off this next story? Because this next story illustrates why I will always be paying for the domain name for Large Neutron Collider forever. OK, sure. Uh, so Konami, which is the publisher company for the Silent Hill video games, uh, apparently lost the domain or gave it up to silenthill.com and somebody else has bought it and is using it to vaguely troll the video game. Now there's not there have been rumors about like a new Silent Hill game coming out. There haven't there hasn't been one super super recently. Not since like 2012. Not since like 2012. Is that how long ago the last one came out? <laughs> Feels yeah, like it was m- more recent. But uh but there have been some remasters that have come out, but not like a new title. Yeah, yeah. But so now Silent Hill does have like a, a, a web page like on on the Konami website, but they they can't they're gonna have to like buy back their domain if they wanna release another game. And in the meantime, this dude can just keep tro- whoever it is can just keep trolling them. Yeah, um, yeah, the I guess the like I said, the message here really is don't let your domains expire, because if you do, someone else can scoop them up. There's no because there's no re- no way to like say I, I have dibs on this domain forever and ever. You have to pay the registrar for it. And if that expires and you don't pay, guess what? It's up for grabs. And uh, in these sort of cases, it can end up being embarrassing. I mean, like, I could understand you saying, hey, we, I'm done with Large Nerdron Collider. I can't stand Ariel anymore. And then that domain will go away because I would never start the show with somebody that wasn't you, Jonathan. Yeah, but I'd be worried about someone else just getting it. And then they're like, Large Nerdron Collider. Why, Jonathan is a stinker. And I'm like, I don't need that. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. But especially in the case of Konami, because they're still making money off of the Silent Hill games. So I can still sure. pay for that domain technically. Um, yeah, I think people are still upset that PT never became a thing. You know, like when when the PT, the playable trailer came out, that was 
teasing the next Silent Hill uh, project. But then there was the massive following falling out that ultimately meant that the creator of Silent Hill left the company and like it just got there was a lot of drama and um, and it kind of died a death at that point. It did. Uh, But that's okay because if you want to play a new game with Hill in the title, you can just play the third edition of Betrayal at House on the Hill. That's coming out. This is a board game that I love. I've only played it a few times. I own the second edition and I own the Widow's Peak uh, expansion, though I haven't played the Widow's Peak expansion yet. I do own it. I'm just waiting for the time where people can come over to my house and I can play it again. I want to play it. But for those who aren't familiar, it's a game where it starts off as a cooperative game where all the players are on the same team and you're exploring a house. And in the second edition version, you're exploring the house by uh, picking up tiles, then flipping them over to find out what room or hallway is represented. And then you fit that to the existing house. So the house literally expands as you play. And Mm -hmm. uh, at some point in the game, there is an event that turns one of the players into a traitor. And then it becomes a, a, uh, a combative game where the remaining human players are trying to escape the house while the traitor is trying to kill everybody. And there's all these different variations on it. There's like dozens of different variations of haunts is what they're called. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, now we're getting a third edition where they're going to have, they're going to address some of the, problems with the second edition because there were some weird cases you could have where like certain rooms and certain uh items could break the game (laughs) yeah yeah and certain haunts that were really difficult and not fun to play um so yeah so they're fixing it every edition fixes errata from the previous game it's a really fun game but i think i think it's the first edition where like the underground pool was in the upstairs uh, and so they had to write like in the upstairs tiles. So they had to write errata that when you find this tile, it moves to the basement because there's a basement, a main floor and an upper level. Yeah. Um, and they just printed it wrong. Um, I have played most editions. I don't think I've played Widow's Peak. I've I've even played a little bit of Betrayal at House on the Hill Legacy, uh, which was quite a lot of fun. Um, but this this version super appeals to me for a couple of reasons. And the first is that uh, I have had friends turned off from this game because the first time they play, they become the traitor when the hunt happens in the game. And it's unfun for them because they aren't familiar enough with board games or this board game to really enjoy doing that role. I know I don't even enjoy always right. playing the traitor because it's you against everybody. So they've made a feature where you can pass it off to someone who may not mind being the traitor, um, especially if you're a new player. That's cool. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, because it, it can definitely it can definitely start to feel like everybody else is effectively ganging up on you. Yeah. And then the other thing is they're going to continue to come out with new haunts for it. So the other thing is if after you played Betrayal a certain number of times, you start reliving the same haunts and then you know how to beat them and things like that. So um, they're just going to keep coming out with expansions, which I like. But on the other hand, my house is filled with a Batman game with like 50 expansions and uh Marvel Legacy with 50 expansions and I'm I'm running out of room for new games because the number of expansions to existing games that are coming into my house. So, yeah, see I is, I don't have that many that I don't have that many games so for me uh this is okay for now but check back with me in 10 years and I might 
not be able to answer you because I'll be buried <laughs> in expansions. Yes, you'll be stuck in the basement of a house on a hill. That didn't work well. Um, something else I expect not to work super well is the Twisted Metal <laughs> show that's coming out. Yeah, uh, so we had heard that there was going to be a Twisted Metal television series kind of being pitched around. If you're not familiar with the video game Twisted Metal, it's from the PlayStation era, the early PlayStation era. And it was kind of like a, a, a car battle game where you would uh, pick up weird weapons and you're driving crazy vehicles. Uh, the thing that everyone remembers is a clown driving an ice cream truck, like an, a crazy looking clown driving an ice cream truck. But there were lots of weird vehicles in that game. And we heard that there was going to be a, a series. It's going to be like a, a, an adventure comedy series. Anthony Mackie is in it. Love Anthony Mackie. You know, Captain America. Love him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not sure what to think about this. Like, how do you make it a plot? Sounds like it's going to be kind of a, a series where he has to traverse a post-apocalyptic landscape. And meanwhile, he's being uh, pursued by and plagued by people driving these crazy style vehicles. So obviously it's not like a direct adaptation of the game because how the heck would you make that a story? Yeah, so so really the article, I was reading the article about this show, I was thinking, huh, it sounds like Mad Max with clowns. And then the article said, it's like Mad Max with clowns, which is very frightening. I mean, some of the Mad Max characters look like clowns anyhow, but, uh, you know like actual clowns, like villainizing them is is sad and scary. Uh, or like, you know, a little bit of Grand Thre Theft Auto put in there, like like yeah. Mad Max meets Grand Theft Zombieland. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, obviously I don't know what to think because there's nothing to look at yet. Uh, it will be coming to Peacock, so I'll probably never know because I don't subscribe to Peacock. <laughs> it, it might come to the free portion of Peacock. There is a paid and an unpaid version. Um, oh, also, I didn't even know that. that that's how bad a, bad a fan I am. Yeah, yeah. You can watch some shows on Peacock and then some shows you have to pay for. Uh, it's also being done by uh, Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick, who worked on Deadpool. Um, so when they say Anthony Mackie is playing a, a smart Alec Milkman, I believe that will be appropriately done. At least that part of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but something that will not be appropriately done is our mashup. You'll learn more about what I mean when we come back after this. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring with access to over 6 million active hourly workers Snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, 
where America goes to hire. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Is your mashup inappropriate, Jonathan? Uh, Listen, Ariel, I was really hoping that they would forget how I led out of that ad break and you just brought it right back. Yes, yes. It's uh, our inappropriate mashups. Uh, Inappropriate. Considering the two properties we picked, it's it's pretty out there. I guess so. Yeah. So we picked uh, Daredevil and Rapunzel, but for good reason. (laughs) <laughs> yes, there are some good reasons and and they're they're news related, although you know we wanted to to kind of do quick rundowns on this. One is that uh we have received confirmation from Charlie Cox himself that Daredevil will be back in the MCU in some means in some manner. Uh we've been hearing this for a while, so it's really just more confirmation on that. But also mm-hmm. we recently found out that in the middle of this month, those uh, MCU properties that were on Netflix and ABC. So, you know, Daredevil, Defenders, Jessica Jones, all those plus Agents of, Agents Shield. of Shield. They're all coming to Disney plus in the middle of this month. Uh, we knew that was going to happen in Canada, but it's just been um, as we're recording this, it's just been confirmed that's happening here in the United States as well. So that's why we picked Daredevil. It's because the 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 man who who knows no fear lives on. Yes. Um, and just just as a note to parents who have Disney Plus who don't maybe want their kids watching Jessica Jones, Disney Plus is also adding additional parental controls. Make sure to put them in place. Uh, <laughs> also, we picked Rapunzel because Zaz- Zazie Beats, who uh, played Domino in Deadpool, another Marvel property that 
doesn't belong on Disney Plus, is writing a like a, a sequel to the traditional Rapunzel story with her husband, but it's not traditional because in this one, Rapunzel has a giant afro and Sassy Beats will be playing her. And that actually really appeals to me. I'm, I kind of like that twist on the classic fairy tale of the girl with the incredibly. I do too. Well, one, one, I love that they've already gotten out of the classic Rapunzel story in that this is taking place presumably after she's already escaped her tower. Mm -hmm. Um, And I love this idea. Like it could be really fun um, and interesting and funny and moving depending on what way they want to go with it. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to, to learn more about this. I certainly hope that that comes to fruition and we actually get that project. Yeah, me too. Me too. And I like husband and wife teams working together. It's, it's, there's a lot of communication there usually. And it, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited. Okay. So real quick for people who don't know, Daredevil is a blind superhero. As a kid, he got blinded by a bunch of chemicals and now he has like super awesome other abilities. He also, his dad was a boxer, so he got trained to be a really good fighter. So he's, he's, he kind of has sight, but it's like, superhero supernatural whatever site echoey echoey site and also uh he grows up to become a lawyer so he's a defense lawyer he's capable of detecting lies because he can hear if someone's heartbeat speeds up or whatever so he typically only takes cases if he is convinced that the person is innocent and then he does his best to try and uh win their court case and He's also the guy who goes out and kicks the stuffing out of bad guys in Hell's Kitchen in Manhattan. Yeah. So pretty cool character, pretty violent character. Uh, Rapunzel, if you're not familiar, and I'm just going to go with the classic story, which is fairly similar to the Disney version, is uh, a mom is pregnant and she has a craving for some vegetables that can only be found in a neighbor's yard. That neighbor happens to be a witch. So when the dad picks them, the witch catches him and claims her firstborn child as retribution. When she gets the baby, she puts it into a tower as her own daughter and leaves her stranded up there and has her grow out her hair so that she can visit her daughter each day. But like the tower has no doors or anything like that because she doesn't want the girl leaving her. Yeah, there's a window at the top of the tower and the way that the old woman visits the tower is she says, Rapunzel, Rapunzel, let down your hair. Rapunzel lets her hair down and then the witch climbs her hair and uh, you don't hear anything about Rapunzel being put through severe agonizing pain. Mm -hmm. And then eventually a prince overhears the witch and goes and rescues Rapunzel who didn't even know she needed rescuing and the end. Uh, well, no, of course, he Disney's falls, version is slightly different. He falls into some briars and it pokes out his eyes and he goes blind. And then she gets kicked out because her mom is ang- her mo- witch mother is angry and she cries on her poor mutilated uh, sweetheart's face and it restores his sight and they live happily ever after. Yeah, I kind of skipped over that bit. Oh, well, I filled it in for you. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. You- Oddly enough, Disney did not include the eyes getting gouged out part of the story. Uh, it's important to my mashup, so. <laughs> yeah. That's good to know. I can't wait. And here you were saying, like, is yours inappropriate? Well, mine didn't have eye gouging. It's not. Violent is different than inappropriate in some situations, Jonathan. <laughs> friendly pot, friendly, family friendly podcast. Yes. Family this is not, podcast. it's not that bad. It's not that bad. Mine is not that bad. So, so who, do you want to do you want to go first or should I? Uh, 
which I can go first if you want, but uh, we're going to definitely need another break before this is done. <laughs> All right. Um, I'll, Mine's long. Do you want me to go first? I'll do it. I'll go first. Okay. okay. So this is called Dare Punzel. Rapunzel, the girl with the impossibly long hair, had been locked away in a tower with no doors for as long as she could remember by her adoptive mother, Gothel, who, if you're familiar with the fairy tale, was also a witch. Gothel would use the said impossibly long hair to climb up to visit the girl, but she was Rapunzel's only visitor. When Rapunzel became a teenager, she realized how lonely she was with only her mother to visit her, and she longed for some handsome stranger to climb up her hair and take her away. And so she started flirting with any adventurer and prince that spotted her high up in her tower. The problem was Rapunzel's mother kept catching her and her sweethearts. And at first, Gothel would catch them at the bottom of the tower and scare them away with questions like, what are your intentions with my daughter? And are you content living in a tower for the rest of your life? Until the would-be suitors bolted. But as the suitors got more bold, Rapunzel's mother got more cold. You see, Rapunzel's bows would climb her hair, but Rapunzel couldn't think of a way to get back down herself so they'd be stuck up in the tower with her, and Gothel would climb up the tower to visit her daughter and find the hiding bow and throw him out the window into the brambles at the base of the tower, each finding at best blindness as her eyes got poked by the thorns and at worst, death. Uh, things hit a sad crescendo when one of Rapunzel's suitors, her favorite, in fact, figured out that Wait. Wait, I am sorry. I'd never do this, but they hit a sad crescendo after the blindings and deaths. <laughs> Just listen. Okay, I'm sorry. When one of Rapunzel's suitors, her favorite, in fact, figured out that if Rapunzel cut off her hair and used it as a rope to climb down, they would both be free to live a life full of love together out of the tower. But when Gothel found this out and climbed up, yep, you guessed it, she threw him out the window he went blind and then she confiscated Rapunzel's hair so she couldn't use it anymore to try to escape. That's the sad crescendo, Jonathan. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't the multiple deaths and blindings. It was that her hair got taken. I mean, now she can't hopefully not blind anymore, guys. All right. Rapunzel well, was- I need to know how this ends. Rapunzel was left sad and brokenhearted, crying in her tower. And then a most curious fellow came along. At first, Rapunzel thought he was a mere blind beggar, but upon hearing her cries, he threw off his street garb, revealing a bizarre red leather suit and mask that made him look like a devil. He scaled the smooth tower walls, sans eyes and sans hair, said, you sure you want out of here? Oh, my name's Matt Bird Murdoch, by the way, and threw her over his shoulder and began scaling back down the smooth stone tower wall. But before he could get very far down, Gothel caught them and magicked Matt off the wall into the brambles. He tumbled and landed on his feet, Scratched up, but no worse for wear. Gothel ran at him screaming, Don't you dare, devil, try to take my girl away from me. But much to her surprise, despite bleeding from his eyes, he was able to dodge her every move until she was worn out. Matt told Gothel to yield, which she did, and he threw her over his shoulder and climbed her up into the tower and left her there forever. Matt was about to head home, but Rapunzel asked him to stay. And he really did like this pet place better than New York. I mean, you know, the fresh air alone. So he did, and they fell in love, and they lived almost happily ever after, until one day when Gothel's great-niece named Electra showed up to visit her dear great-aunt, recognized her ex, Matt Murdock, and vowed revenge on Rapunzel. But that is a story for another time. The end. <laughs> okay, uh, I, can, I can confidently say that your story and my story are about as different as they can be, so... 
Listeners, you are in for a treat uh, because first of all, that was great. I loved it. Thank you. I I was, I had to interrupt (laughs) because the way you put that, I was like, wait, (laughs) there's a crescendo after all the deaths. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Most people think like multiple deaths. That's kind of a crescendo right there. But no, we have to go one step further. Rapunzel isn't right in the head. She's been up in that tower by herself too long. Okay. (laughs) That's that's fair. Um, I am so proud of the title of mine, but you're not going to get to hear it until after we take this break and we come back with my mashup. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring with access to over 6 million active hourly workers. Snag a job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, tempt to hire part time or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store, clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah. Snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Okay, we're ready for my mashup, and the title is a secret, but you're going to find out what in the actual episode. 
Oh. Yeah. yeah, no, I the the ti- there's a title reveal. So we have to build I, to the title. Here we go. Okay, fine. Rapunzel Murdoch has a problem. See, she was raised to be helpful, respectful, and most importantly, non-violent by her father, Battling Jack Murdoch, a <laughs> boxer in New York City. Battling Jack always wanted his daughter Rapunzel to have more than he had, and he taught her the valuable lessons of perseverance, honesty, and integrity. Lessons that Battling Jack had to learn the hard way before he retired. But Rapunzel's actual problems started one day when she saw an old blind man crossing a street in New York. The man had no way of knowing that a truck carrying radioactive material was barreling toward him. Rapunzel dashed out into the street and pushed the man out of the way, narrowly avoiding the truck, but some of the radioactive substance hit Rapunzel, blinding her instantly and causing her hair to grow so fast you could hear it. Rapunzel, scared, blinded, and disoriented, was looking was looked after by concerned citizens until her father could find her. In the hospital, she slowly regained her vision, which just made it all the more puzzling when she could actually see the long golden tresses that now grew from her head. Cutting it didn't seem to help. The hair would just grow right back, just as long as before, and sometimes it moved. Rapunzel also noticed that she felt faster, more graceful, and stronger than she had before the accident. But her hair was the real issue. It just gets in the way, no matter what she does. Rapunzel's hair is such a distraction that it becomes hard for her to function in polite society. And so Battling Jack, who had retired from the sport of boxing, starts hustling up new bouts so he can help support his daughter. At one point, Battling Jack is approached by organized crime members to throw a fight. Rapunzel, though, attends the fight, and at the last second, Battling Jack decides not to throw the bout, and he wins, knowing that the organized crime gang that arranged everything would be coming after him. Next thing Rapunzel knows, she's without a father. But then, you know, if her father had stuck around, Disney never would have touched the story. <laughs> also, plot twist, her dad actually manages to fake his own death, but in order to keep his daughter safe, he keeps his distance. So that breaks his heart, but it means that she's safe. So anyway, Rapunzel, seeing the corruption around her, dedicates her life to becoming a superhero. Someone who can make a real difference, since the legal system clearly isn't up to the task. She dons an outfit and learns how to use her hair as a weapon. She becomes Hair Devil. Boom. Title screen. Hair Devil. Yes, Hair Devil answers the call and begins to take on the various criminals of Hell's Kitchen in New York City. At first, her efforts are just stuff of rumor, with criminals laughing off the stories of a woman with incredibly long and, at times, animated hair that seems to serve as a way to attack, tie up, or trip criminals. Over time, these rumors grow into legend, and criminals from all strata of society don't dare whisper Hair Devil's name. As for Rapunzel Murdoch, mild-mannered young woman with long hair, she attends Columbia Law School, graduating with honors and becoming a lawyer. She becomes a defense attorney, which raises all sorts of ethical questions about her defending criminals while at the same time beating the stuffing out of other criminals as her costumed alter ego. Also, it's amazing that no one has connected the fact that the lawyer with the really long hair is also the superhero with the really long hair. But maybe she just wears big poofy hats in court. Yeah, I'm thinking like she wears like one of those like knit caps and it's just really big on top of her head and Mm -hmm. it just holds all her hair and no one's put two and two together. I don't know. Anyway, 
She usually only takes cases when she's sure that her client is actually innocent of the crime they're accused of, and she can tell if someone is lying by listening to their hair. It's weird, but it works. Anyway, all her crime fighting eventually gains the attention of the Kingpin of New York, a woman otherwise known as Mother Gothel. And she is one bad, bad woman. She relies on a corrupt system to cement her power. She has judges and police on her payroll. She decides where crime can run rampant and where criminals have to lay low. And she does it in this really passive-aggressive way, and she gaslights folks, like, a lot. So, Mother Gothel the Kingpin hears about this masked superhero with crazy magic hair, and she gets increasingly frustrated as her plans are complicated by this hero. So Gothel's pretty sure she's gonna get her way in the end, like, things are gonna turn out her way because the system is just so darn broken. But that timeline is gonna end up being a lot longer than she wanted it to be, and you know, she's not getting any younger. Huh? So she starts <laughs> hiring martial arts experts to try and take out the flippy dippy hairy hippie. And Hair Devil is ready for whatever Gothel throws at her. She gets into a big brawl with a martial arts expert who, despite his best efforts, can't defeat Hair Devil. And he says, How can this be happening? And then Hair Devil says, Easy, I know you're going to do what you're going to do as you're doing it because I sense when you're throwing a punch or a kick and then just move out of the way. Yes, is the martial artist. That's called seeing. I'm doing it too. Like, I can also see. That doesn't really answer my question of how you can be beating me in a fight. And Hair Devil just like shrugs, which makes her hair flip out and wrap around the martial artist like five times, cinching him in a tight bind and making him fall over. And she whacks him a few times before she makes her escape. And then Kingpin Gothel is so mad about this. She decides she's going to be the bad guy even though really she's been the bad guy the whole time. And really it's, she's just doing her best to delude herself into thinking that her actions are totally justifiable. And therefore she's not the bad guy, but come on y'all know she's the bad guy, right? So anyway, Gothel realizes that hair devil operates almost entirely out of hell's kitchen. And so in an effort to draw out the hero, she sends a bunch of criminals to cause a ton of trouble in that area. So crooks threaten shop owners. They light, fires in buildings, they mug innocent people on the streets. So Hair Devil moves into action, taking out crook after crook, but as soon as she's done defeating one, another one is springing into action a couple blocks over, and so she has to rush off and stop them, and then another, and then another, and it becomes this exhausting marathon of trying to stop a seemingly unstoppable mass of crooks. And by the end of the night, Rapunzel as Hair Devil starts to recognize some of the folks that she's fighting because they're the same ones that she had to beat up earlier in the night. And it turns out that Kingpin Gothel has been greasing the wheels behind the scenes and bribing judges so that they let out these toughs as quickly as they are being brought in, all in an effort to crush Hair Devil's spirit. And it almost works. Hair Devil is confronted with the fact that as hard as she fights, the system underneath has deep, corrupted roots that she might put a crook down again and again, but sooner or later, they're back out on the street. Heck, Gothel herself, in disguise as a homeless woman, watches as Hair Devil becomes discouraged and she can almost taste the victory. But then Hair Devil stands tall and she clenches her fists and she shakes it off. She embodies the lessons her father, battling Jack, taught her. 
and she also detects the presence of Kingpin Gothel, and not knowing who Gothel is, she gets into a confrontation. And Gothel, furious that her plan didn't work, wades into a slugfest. And, you know, Gothel is a little bit older, but she's nothing to sneeze at. She's strong and she's crafty, and Daredevil has to work hard to keep up. And keep in mind, she's exhausted. So this fight is a brutal one, and it seems like Gothel might actually win, but at the last second, Daredevil is able to dodge a crushing blow, and her hair whips across Gothel's face, blinding her. Gothel, staggered stumbles back into the street where, yes, another big old truck hauling radioactive material runs her down. Hair Devil, exhausted but certain that she has chosen the right path, heads home. She knows that her fight will never end, but that doesn't mean it's not worth fighting. She climbs into bed, and across Hell's Kitchen, the crumpled form of King Pengothel stirs just slightly as we hear an ambulance pull up credits. Then, mid-credits scene. We're back on the day where Rapunzel Murdoch got hit with the radioactive material when she was a kid, and the camera at first is following the action exactly as how we saw earlier in the movie, but then the angle shifts, and it follows some of the radioactive goo as it goes down a storm drain, and we see that goo slowly drip down on four tiny baby turtles and a grizzled rat. Back to credits. Post-credit scene, we see four humanoid hairy turtles. Yes, it's the Teenage Mutant Hairy Turtles coming soon to theaters. The end. I now you have to write that one too, Jonathan. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that man. is the origin of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like there was yeah. a joke that the same ooze that turned the turtles into mutants was the one that gave Daredevil, Daredevil. his powers. Yeah, but now they're hairy, so I I want to watch. I want to listen to a story about fuzz turtles. Uh, so many things. You put me through so many emotions, Jonathan. First of all, I'm real mad I didn't see that title coming and that I yeah. didn't think of it. Uh, I was so hoping that you wouldn't. I was like, man, I'm going to I'm going to be kicking myself if she if she got the same title I did. Secondly, I always forget, even if I've just heard it, that Mother Gothel had powers to stay young, even though look young, even though she was really old. Um, yeah. And at one point in time, well, also give me a hard time for blinding people. You did it too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but not with thorns. <laughs> no, with hair, which is, you know, also a, a thousand tiny cuts. Uh, and at one point I thought that this would be like the story of Medusa from Inhumans, but no, um, much better, much better. You should write this children's story and a whole series of them. Like, <laughs> Fairy. What I should do is take take like the darkest Marvel and DC storylines and pair them with fairy tales and just see what happens. Yes. Uh, well, you have a platform uh, uh, for it. <laughs> I do. Yeah, because, you know, Daredevil, a lot of people have written for Daredevil, uh, including mm -hmm. like Frank Miller, who a lot of people know as the guy who wrote um, Batman Year One and The Dark Knight and that kind of stuff. So there have been a lot of Daredevil stories that get real dark. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, you know, most characters have eras where they kind of go through that, where depending on who's writing and what the tone is at the time, you can get these super dark stories. Um, Daredevil is one of those that have you know, like, like I would put Daredevil up there with the Punisher or, uh, the Batman as characters yeah. who get some seriously dark storylines. 
Yeah, I'd agree. Moon Knight is another one. Um, yep. Moon, Moon Knight, like for, pretty much Moon Knight for the whole run is that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that was a surprising amount of fun. Um, and if you out there have other ideas of how you'd mash up Daredevil and Rapunzel, you should 1000% write us and let us know about it. Yes, uh, send us an email. The address you should use is lnc at iheartmedia.com. Or if what you want to say is just a quick hi or a quick request, maybe you got a mashup idea you would like us to tackle, or you want to hear our thoughts about a specific thing in geek culture, you can always drop us a line on our socials. Uh, over on Facebook and Instagram, we're Large Nerdron Collider. And over on Twitter, we are LNC underscore podcast. Yes, we absolutely love hearing from you. It's the highlight of our weeks, uh, or at least mine. I can't speak for Jonathan, but it is the highlight of my week. Um, and if you That's like okay. the show, and if you like the show or me, and even if you don't like Jonathan, uh, make sure to tell your friends, family, uh, share episodes, like, rate, review us, leave a review. Um, all of that is very, very helpful. Yep. And until next time, I am Jonathan, the man with no fear, Strickland. And I am Ariel, can't get this tangle out, Kasten. The Large Nerdron Collider is a production of iHeartRadio and was created by Ariel Kasten. Jonathan Strickland is the executive producer. The show is produced, edited, and published by Tari Harrison. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. 
From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.